Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Good morning, Alan, and good morning to your listeners. COP27 yesterday, the uh, address by on Taoiseach. Do you think it goes far enough? What's your view of what we heard yesterday? Well, one of the things we're very good at in this country is setting targets. It's actually delivering on the targets uh, when we, we, we fall short. Uh, and my fear is that the current government uh, set out in legislative form targets for every sector of the economy. But it's like, you know, announcing we're going to have a balanced budget without saying the how. And I think it's really now a matter of sector by sector being very clear on what we need to do as an island uh, to make our part, pay our, uh, make our contribution uh, to ensuring that the crisis of our age which is the change in our climate, that if it happens, if we get to the tipping point that every expert uh, at the COP, the Conference of the Parties, has set out in the last 48 hours, if we get to that tipping point, there is no coming back, uh, and parts of our globe will be uninhabitable. Parts of the agricultural belt of our globe will not be able to produce food. There will be enormous upheavals, including uh, mass migration, so the consequences of inaction are absolutely stark and unacceptable. And we really need to make changes, all of us, uh, and immediately. And so I hope that uh, the vision set out by the Taoiseach, um, I think he means well. I think the government understands what needs to be done. But we need now to, to start the doing as opposed to setting the, uh, the broad horizons. And one of the big things on that is to change our energy pattern, uh, ensure that we have alternatives uh, to carbon guzzling energy uh, and that is going to take years to do so we better get going quickly at it. Which brings us up to what could happen off the coast of Ross Lair, which is constantly talked about and something I'm sure you're keeping a very watchful eye on. How close are we to getting wind energy into Ross Lair or on the, uh, uh, off Ross Lair your report? Well there's a whole range of proposals coming from uh, commercial entities for the east coast and the south coast which will be the first, if you like, um, focus, because the relatively shallow waters are going to be put, putting fixed turbines in place. Now, we need to bring communities with us. Uh, I met uh, with the fishermen of Kilmore Quay, for example, uh, last week, uh, and people can't be excluded from this. There has to be a very clear explanation of what is going to happen, how it's going to impact. And there has to be an independent assessment to bring communities with us so that we don't have, you know, the debacles that we had, for example, in the Corrib gas field, where uh, a decade of uh, disturbance, cost uh, happened because communities weren't brought on board from the very start. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing I'll say. Um, the establishment of MARA, the Marine Area Regulatory Agency, uh, is going to be, it's happening too slowly. It won't be operational till March. Um, I'm glad it's going to be in Wexford. It's going to be a a pivotal organization. But we really do need uh, to set out uh, a very clear path uh, to ensure that the concept of wind and some of the projects that I've spoken to, um, uh, some of the movers behind projects uh, that they're talking about will happen in uh, 2030, will not happen in 2030 because it's just not physically possible for them to happen. Uh, Now, if you look at last month's, Ireland generated 40% of its electricity from wind. That's a phenomenal achievement. But our target is for 80%, uh, and we have a long way to go to to, to get to that, and we need to get really 
uh, motoring, engaging with communities, bringing communities with us, where people are adversely affected uh, to ensure that they're compensated for that and get on with it. Speaking of people who are adversely affected, I was in Folks Mills last mm. Friday. There was criticism that Oireachtas members hadn't attended. How, how serious do you look in this situation? What do you plan to do to raise the issue of people traumatised by what's been happening in Folks Mills? Well, this is, a, a, you know, it, it is a consequence of our changing climate. Uh, what's happened to the people of Folks Mills is catastrophic. Uh, on an individual basis, when you're affected in this way, it is a, a catastrophe for you and you, for your family. Um, I'm not sure that uh, politicians standing on the roadway looking at things is any great sustenance to people. I think what people need is action. Uh, and we're going to have this repeated again and again. We're going to have floods. We're going to have bizarre wind events. Uh, we're going to have uh, a change in our uh, habitable patterns of, of existence, unless we make uh, the substantial changes we're talking about. So it's done, and my heart goes out to the people of, of Folks Mills, anybody who is affected. Uh, and one of the things that we need to put into our national plan um, is the support for people who are adversely affected, because some people, whether it's through floods or uh, freak weather events, will not be able to get insurance. Are, are you committing to uh, trying to keep this issue high on the agenda then in your role oh, as a deputy? Uh, for, for, and as folks, Mills, Clongeen, Ballycallan and other areas as well affected? Yeah, and there will be others. As I say, there will be other events in the future that will affect every part of our county and every part of our country. Um, this, is not, this can't be seen as, you know, just a freak event that's unlikely to reoccur. Uh, and that's why we need to take this really seriously. Let's move on to other issues high on the agenda in your capacity as a, a spokesperson in foreign affairs. The Northern Ireland Secretary, Chris Heaton-Harris, is to outline the next steps for power sharing at Stormont in Westminster today. It's something you've been watching very, very closely. Um, what is happening there? What is likely to happen, do you think? Well, it's quite depressing, to be honest with you. People who, like myself, who have been engaged in this for more than 20 years and hope, would have hoped... Um, that as we approach the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement, that we would be in a different place. Instead of that, we have no functioning government in Northern Ireland. We have no functioning assembly in Northern Ireland. And for the bulk of the last four years, we haven't had a functioning government or assembly. Uh, And that's just unacceptable. Um, I think the uh, naivety of the British Secretary of State in setting a sort of a, a threat to the DUP that if you don't do this, um, we call an election. Um, if he had understood uh, the, the way politics works in Northern Ireland, uh, there is no uh, positive response going to come from that sort of ultimatum. Uh, it didn't come, and he has had to back down. I mean, here now, in his statement to the Commons, uh, whether he's going to uh, have an election uh, next year or uh, whether he's going to have no election at all, he'll have to change the law if he it decides not to go ahead with an election within 12 weeks. But, I mean, the fundamental issue is how we're going to have a functioning, devolved administration in the North. Uh, and that means uh, people sitting down and negotiating. You recently were in Rwanda and uh, as part of a delegation. Why were you there and what did you witness? Well, firstly, I was there <clears throat> representing Ireland at the Interparliamentary Union. The Interparliamentary Union is... Uh, the organization that brings parliaments from every part of the world together. Um, And I was privileged to represent Ireland at that in Rwanda. 
Um, there's a number of things. Obviously, I, I was there because I have a, a deep interest in Africa in any event. And I had meetings with, for example, the Speaker of the East African Legislative Assembly uh, and the interim uh, Speaker of the South Sudan Parliament, both areas of very deep crisis. Um, you can see what's happening in the DRC, the Democratic Republic of the Congo right now, and the ongoing conflict um, in South Sudan, and more especially uh, the real famine that is developing in the Horn of Africa. These are crises, some of them related to the topics we've just discussed in terms of climate change, others related to domestic wars uh, that are ongoing. And these are these are matters of real global concern that affects everybody, not only the horrible suffering of peoples there, but obviously the impact it has on migration, right. uh, forcing thousands and thousands of people uh, northwards uh, towards the Mediterranean and across the Mediterranean into Europe, desperately seeking help. So we need to resolve... Finally, uh, Brendan, uh, in relation to what is likely to unfold this morning in the IT, the the blue chip companies people talk Mm. about, what is your view? Why has this happened? What do you think is likely to happen? Well, firstly, my heart goes out to those who are just awaiting word uh, as I speak to you, who really just don't know whether they have a job or not. And that's just no way uh, for people to, you know, to be sitting at a desk waiting uh, for word uh, I have a, a nephew who works for Meta who is in that position, so I have a, an, an understanding of the anxiety uh, for a young family um, with a mortgage who really don't know whether they have a future in a, in a particular company that they've invested so much in. Um, what's happening with Meta, um, with uh, other um, of the, the tech companies, uh, is obviously they grew substantially uh, in the COVID period. In Ireland, the tech companies grew by 30% uh, and uh, were now heading into a downturn. uh, And they've decided that they are overstaffed. Um, But I I do take comfort from the words that the Thonishta did say. I think it is true to say that we have a a very balanced economy in Ireland. Uh, We have a a significant domestic sector uh, based on food and so on. We also have other sectors, not only um, you know, the media side of tech, the Facebooks um, and the Twitter and so on, but there was also long-standing partners here uh, that have been here for 50 years uh, and invested enormous sums of money here. So they're here for the long haul. We have multiple facets of big industry here. But of course, uh, any downsizing of any significant employer uh, uh, takes uh, you know a toll on individuals, and our thoughts and supports today must be with people who are adversely affected, who are going to get bad news today, and hopefully that they will uh, find new employment speedily, and will get the full help of state agencies uh, to to find that employment quickly. Southeast Radio's morning mix: chat, news, and your views.